Another episode of Not Your African Cliche. Woohoo! So we love you guys so much. Let me tell you how much we love you. We are all currently in different time zones, and um, Amaya recently moved for a new job, which she'll tell us more about in a bit. But this, we're record, we're currently recording on a Saturday morning at 9, well, we woke up at 8 a.m. EST. So, like, we're up early on Saturday recording because we love you. So, yeah. You better appreciate <laughs> Wow. wow threat, what threat a way to, to start the season. Goodness gracious. Threat, threat. <laughs> you must love us back. You must. Yeah. You must. So, this episode, we're just going to ease into the season and just, you know, bond and chat because it's been a while that we ourselves have gotten together to just catch up and you'll be listening <laughs> into what's the English please? Ep me, ep me out. <laughs> listening in to uh -huh. our conversation. Yes, that is it. <laughs> you'll be listening into our conversation catching up. So ladies, how how yeah. not did now? How has your summer been? What have you been up to? Just us. Let us know. Let us know. Might we introduce ourselves? Oh yes! Oh my goodness! Please! <laughs> oh, hey! I mean, there are new people who might be stumbling. You know, <laughs> true, on true. The podcast. My bad. It's been a minute, so I, I, I lost. I forgot our protocol. My bad. Um, okay, so this is Ife speaking. Hi, Ife. This is Amayo speaking. Hey guys, we missed you. Hey guys, this is Ife. And hey, this is Onyeka, a.k.a. Yeka O. Yeka O in the building. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> Your name is just sweet to say. I know, it right? Is. Thank God. Guys, thank you so much. All right. So catch us up, catch us up. Who's going to go first and tell us about what fun they've been having this summer? Hmm, I know my name is Amayo. Cool. I was already I, know, I was about to jump in. <laughs> I can't say I've been having much fun, but so I moved to Mauritius in July for a new job. I'm working yeah. at yeah, I'm working at African Leadership University. It's been a good ride so far. I also get to hang out with Ife's sister once in a while. Yeah, no. so it's quite interesting. Um, but no, like I'm having fun meeting amazing people. Like the people who work here are just out of this world. The students are of a different... I don't know where they got these kids from. They're so self-driven, so smart, so independent, so like entrepreneurial. Like they're doing great things here at ALU and I'm so happy for them. I'm proud of them and just... Waiting to see the greater things that they are going to do. So yeah, that's been me oh. since July, just settling in and trying to start my life here. Okay. 
Should we ask for more details now or should we like move on then ask for more details? What do you ladies think? Uh, you want more details? What, what else details? is there? To <laughs> <say? laughs> I thought like I was because... giving so much information. <laughs> wow. Um, no. Maya, I think, no, Amaya, you've done well. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what? I'm not really a sharer, but I think I did the most. I think I did. May I want? <laughs> may I want more details, though, because like number one, you switch. You essentially switch career tracks. Yes, mm-hmm. that is that is very true. Yeah. From true. consulting to now, you're in education, mm-hmm. and that is, you know, that's that's a big switch. So like. Mm-hmm. I, I personally want to learn more about like your motivations for doing that and uh, how the transition uh, has been so far, you okay, know, and it's just, like the fact that you left your family in yeah, Nigeria so and moved to a different country. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Who else wants to give us a brief synopsis about their summer? Wow. Okay. Well, (laughs) if I must. Um, so I don't, I don't think my summer was that like exciting. I did, however, go to Lagos, um, for a couple of weeks, met up with Ife and Amaya. So that was great. Um, and I, y'all, I lived my best life for those. That she did. Um, God is just worthy. It was a fun time. I ate a lot and then I came back and I'm like, is this my real life? Alas, <laughs> it is my real life. <laughs> um, so yeah, otherwise I've just been like really busy in lab, uh, turned in two book chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part is fun. You're writing a book or like two thesis chapters? No. So um, what happens is like they're different. Uh, what are they called? Springer. Um, they have like different books on, you know, topics in, I guess, whatever field, biochemistry, molecular biology. And so my lab um, got to, we're invited to write two chapters. So, Oh, yeah. all right. Jake, book Let author. About to get published. Oh. Go girl. To, to God be the glory. Great things <laughs> he has done. <laughs> but yeah, so just waiting back on comments from the editor and stuff. But yeah, it's it's been good. And that's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you while you are nominating you. I mean, Ife, do you have more in-depth questions for Wow! Ife, while I nominate you, we've already agreed that we're going to do in-depth questions. Where is Ife, while dodging? Please. I feel like Ife, is like... She has some juicy gist for us that day. Please, spill it a big. No, just, you know, people, listeners out there, just so you know, I'm not really a morning person, so. <laughs> she gets shadier in the morning, is what she's saying. Yes, exactly. But no, it's all fun and games, you know. So, um, I, this summer has been quite interesting and just special in a few, like, quiet ways like I did some traveling and that was exciting and it was all fun but also did some like adulting things like moved to a new apartment still in the same city but you know moved apartments at the beginning of August and then bought a car in the middle Ooh. of August she did guys she did. so it's just like <laughs> You know, all these adulting shit that I'm like, where is my mom to like (laughs) deal with the car registration? (laughs) 
um, there's just so much, especially in the States when you're getting a car that you have to do that I, I don't know about other countries, but I feel like you don't get to do in Nigeria. I mean, I, I didn't, I've never bought a car in Nigeria, but I feel like you just buy it and you start driving. Wow. <laughs> but, but I mean, here it's like, you know, you have to figure out like health insurance, certain other, other insurance, sorry. Mm-hmm. And then you have to like, you know, go register the car, do like a title transfer. And since I bought a used car, I had to transfer. It's just like so many details and paperwork, but mm-hmm. it was, um, yeah, it was just like something I did. It kind of happened all of a sudden because I was looking for a, I was looking for a car, but I it took a while to find one. And then when it happened, it just the ball just started rolling. And before I knew it, I was driving a car, and I was like, "Wow, this is like my life." Um, but yeah, just like the rest of the summer, like did some local traveling. Um, at the beginning of the summer, went to like the east of Michigan, went to like the west of Michigan, got to see the Great Lakes. Well, two of the Great Lakes, and then was in Chicago for the 4th of July. And Chicago, that experience was just something else because it felt like my first time going to Chicago, but I've actually been to Chicago before. But (laughs) it's just in July, I got to see a lot of Chicago and I got to visit like the different residential neighborhoods Mm -hmm. and each neighborhood has its own character. Mm. I felt like I just did so much and I feel like now I know, I know shit, like as if I lived (laughs) in Chicago. Um, And then got to be in New York in August for work and it was just, that was just like a super busy trip, but got to see Ife and got to see another friend from college and... Shout out to Adam. I know, shout out to Adam and... um, yeah, like now, you know, tr- we're swinging into fall, and yeah, that's it for me. Woo-hoo. This is this is Ife, my summer. You know, in Nigeria, do we have summer? We just have rainy and dry season. We <laughs> have long holiday. Listen, that's, we have long that's holiday. not what your fashion calendar is. <laughs> we have summer break, yes. Yeah, well, I'm like, mm, the fashion designers have summer collections, so. <laughs> which one <laughs> let me not begin yeah so it's been a a packed summer because when did i go to kigali when does summer start june okay so yeah. i was in kigali i don't know if we talked about kigali on last last season i feel like maybe we did I think no, I talked about you going. Okay, okay, all right. So I went to Kigali for a work trip. And guys, let me tell you, Kigali, Rwanda deserves all of the accolades. Let me not even like start talking about how how amazing it was. Hmm. Um, not a single pothole on the streets by, during my entire period there. It was so safe. You know, Kigali, Rwanda, of, of course, is not perfect, has its own. I'm sure like Rwandan people will tell you uh-huh. you know what their dissatisfaction with the country is but from the outside looking in uh-huh. um and being in rwanda and knowing its history and the fact that it was essentially a field state about 20 years ago when than, they went through the genocide less than uh-huh. 20 years ago when they went through the genocide and seeing how it's now a bastion of african innovation and like you know um, progress and advancements is just so inspiring. So, um, and the work that has been done in terms of recognizing the genocide and mm-hmm. like recognizing its impact on the people and how there are 
they have memorials every year where everybody just comes and cries and like you know um how there's mental health support for people like mm-hmm. yeah it's yes i'm i'm i was just blown away by my time in rwanda and like just hopeful and simultaneously hopeful for the about the continents because like if rwanda can turn around any country can turn around um oh. and simultaneously ashamed of nigeria because i mean <laughs> what are mm-hmm. you what are we on what are we doing with our lives mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so yeah so summer began with being in rwanda for work um then i met a boy I don't know. Are we talking about? Should we talk about that? I guess not. Maybe not. I don't know how. I'll leave it up to you. Yeah, I know. It's, it's up, up to you, boo. Um. Then <laughs> I had to a few weeks later, or a few like by July, I had to start NYSC. You know, we talked about Amayo's National Service Year sometime mm. last year or two two seasons ago. I don't know if it was last season or two seasons ago. So I started mine, and there was a three week camp, which was interesting it was like being back in boarding school Mm -hmm. i don't know if you any of you our listeners are familiar with like nigerian boarding school it's not like posh boarding school you know when non-nigerians or Mm non-africans hear about boarding school they'll think oh like you know so we went to a finishing school in england and boarding (laughs) school or whatever no it couldn't be more different it's like Mm -hmm. so head However, like 20, 25 people, 30 people in a room, very cramped spaces, like less than stellar toilet conditions. Anyway, it was like being back in boarding school. And the first night there, I was like, I was so, I was like, why, why, why the fuck am I doing this? I thought I'd left this part of my life behind. So it was very triggering. But, and I kept saying that, like, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. I'm going to like find an excuse to leave. But what happened was... Um, a few days in, I kept saying, oh, I'll give it a few more days. <laughs> a few days, a few, <laughs> Amaya is laughing. <laughs> a few days in, I joined the band, Zolma. the brigade band, the, the band that plays for like parades and stuff. And I really enjoyed mm. it. And I really wanted to make the band because there's a try. So you train, then there are tryouts, then you get selected. So I really wanted to make wow. the band. So I decided to stay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I made the band. I played tenor. It's nice. dope. Um, yeah. So that's my that's my summer so far. Then um, I'm currently. I guess are we still technically in summer? I guess now we're in fall. But yeah, well, technically it's still summer. Okay. summer in it. Yeah. Um, so I came to. I'm in the U.S. for work again. So I came for a friend's wedding. Um, wedding of dear friends. And um, then it so happened that work, there were some conferences that tied in. So mm. I'm, I'm around, I'm in the States. So that's why we're all in, well, I guess three of us now are in the same time zone. Is there, are you okay. EST? I'm EST now, so I'm oh, in Maryland no. now. Oh, yeah, EST. But no, I was no. in, I was in um, San Francisco, so I would have been yeah. EST. Three hours behind. Uh, yeah, and that means that I would have, like, had to wake up at five o'clock. So I am very grateful oh, that I am in EST. <laughs> for this recording praise be to Jah. so that's it that's how that's how my summer has been that's how our summers have been so i was wondering amayo we we started off with you and i i'm very curious i want to learn more about your what your transition to your new job has been like and you know the fact that you moved from consulting to um to 
education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about that. And yeah. And why? Why? Because somebody w- would argue that you had quite a good gig. Mm, that's very debatable. But... <laughs> <laughs> that's real. Oh, well. Okay. I feel so much pressure. <laughs> um, okay, so mm. consulting at PwC for me just wasn't it. I had gotten to the point where I just had zero motivation because I felt like I clearly wasn't enjoying what I was doing and I didn't see myself growing in the role that I was in. And like, at a point, I wanted to switch to a different department and the powers that be or the powers that were were just opposed to my movement um they did everything that they could to keep me where i was um so yeah there was just that frustration and lack of motivation like at a point i started going to work at like 10 or 11 hey. and to be there at eight. I mean, like, people didn't care because they knew that i worked you know late and i worked hard so it was like okay mm. yeah she can come in and you know she'll still get the work done whatever but i just felt like it wasn't even like i was coming in late because I just was not motivated. I would wake up and I'd hate, like, I would just be like, oh, I hate my job. And I would still go in because I needed to get paid, you know what I'm saying? But, right, right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I got to that point where, like, I was definitely looking for other jobs. Like, I was looking within consulting as well, like, other consulting firms. And I just, I just needed to leave. And it was just, I had gotten to that point. I was just, I'd reached that level where. I'd said to myself by July, I'm going to be out of here. Even if I didn't have another job, I was just going to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I've been interested in education for a while. Like something that I'm very passionate about, education in Nigeria and I guess on the continent in general. And this opportunity came up. A friend actually um, shared the link with me to apply for a different job. And I came across this particular position that I'm in um while looking through the site and i was like oh you know i think i could be i could enjoy this it's like not not something that i want to do long term but i feel like i'm in the space where i am obviously learning every day the people that i'm working with like i said earlier like are amazing i've never met such creative and fun and young minds um they are just like super people super humans and, and I think it's because they are all very passionate about what they're doing, the different things that they're doing. So they really just bring the best to work every day. And I wake up every morning and I'm like, wow, like, let's go to work. Let's do this. Like, mm. even when I like I'm tired or, you know, I've had a rough night before I wake up and there's like a bigger purpose that I'm working towards. So that's important to me. And it's like if I if I'm really um serious about this education thing, I think this for me was just a tester so like let's see what this thing is actually about and if i actually want to make a career out of it maybe not in what i'm doing specifically so right now i'm working with students i'm working with student affairs um and that involves like a lot of things so um what's it called so i'm planning orientation which is going on right now which is such a busy time um orientation graduation all the student events and rituals um yeah, just dealing with like the clubs, the student government, advising them. So it's it's really yeah. fun. Um, and the students, because I'm spending so much time with them, I get to, you know, hear about their stories. Like they're from all over the continent. It's amazing. I just love how diverse places like meeting. There's even a Japanese student now. I'm like, okay, cool. Like it's good that we're attracting <laughs> people from other continents. Too. Is a Japanese student an exchange student, or are they? Um, um so f- i think he's here for the first full year. time 
So okay. he's, he's here for a year, yeah. So I guess we'll see if he stays, um, if he likes it. Um, hmm. But yeah, just definitely, like, I'm still interested in consulting. Um, but I think now I, I'm definitely more um, more passionate and more intentional about this education thing. And I've had different ideas and different reasons why education. I don't want to share all of that now. I'll probably just spend the whole time of this podcast, of this episode. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's interesting and it's fun. And I'm learning so much. And I'm with I'm surrounded by amazing people. So it's great. It's good for now. That's yeah. good. And Mauritius is beautiful. <laughs> so that's also <laughs> Um, okay, so how was how has the learning curve been in terms of like learning new skills and entering into mm-hmm. a new position? Because again, it's yeah. Tell us more about that for people who are considering career switches and and yeah. and things like that. Um, so I, I would say that there are a few transferable skills um, from my time in consulting. But I think the the biggest thing really was just the culture. It's just a different culture entirely. The ways of working, how you collaborate with different teams or different people. And it's just, it's a more caring and intentional environment. So, you know, we try to do check-ins every day just to see how people are feeling, what people's priorities are for each day. So, so we can see how we can support each other. Um, with regards to the actual work, I mean, people work really hard here. Like they work hard and they play hard. So it's just a matter of, are you happy doing what you're doing? And are you passionate about what you're doing? And I think if the answer to those things, two things uh, are yes, then it just makes your life and your work much easier. Um, The learning curve. hmm. I'm still learning. I don't know. I really don't know how to quantify the yeah i don't know i think it's just really it's more it's mostly the culture i think that's what the biggest shock was it's just the culture and it's a good thing so i'm still trying to get on board but yeah that's good one more question sure. <laughs> um so transitioning from nigeria to mauritius like mm. in terms of in nigeria you were living with your family because you had lived in the states you went to the States for college and you had lived on your own. So this is not like a new something. Yeah. But how has, yeah. because it's, it's it's interesting, like transitioning from not living with your parents to living with your parents again, then from not, from living with your parents and not living, you know, like you've yeah, done that yeah. thing. You've done twice now, I mm-hmm. guess. So how, how was that? How was living Nigeria in terms of familial? Uh, I think so with Nigeria, it's obviously more convenient. <laughs> Because, you know, you're living with your parents, you know, your family is close by, your friends are, you know, always around, always doing something. Um, But I think here it's, I just have to be more intentional about like going out and hanging out with people, you know, form that social circle and whatnot. But then I definitely like the idea of living more independently. It's a bit of a struggle, you know, having to cook all the time, well, not all the time, because I can order food on campus but i like to cook so once in a while um eat something made from home um but yeah i definitely miss the nigerian meals i miss planting guys there's no planting on this island i'm suffering wow i'm, I'm almost right i'm almost going out of my planting chip supply i'm saving one more container but like 
It's such a struggle. I just want to eat dodo and egg sometimes, and I'm just like, I can't. I can't. Oh my <laughs> what yeah. do they have? If they don't like, have <laughs> it, it, it really, like, that was the one thing that made me question my move. I was like, wow, so you mean no plantain? It was a big way job, but you know, you know, other things came into play. But what do they have in terms um, of cuisine then? To be, to be very, very honest, honestly, it has like Indian influence because, you know, obviously there are a lot of Indians um, here. Uh, but I don't know typical Mauritian food. I, to be very very honest, I have not ventured that far because I'm just no, I'm mm. I'm not interested. <laughs> to be very honest, wow, you've just been eating Indian food. I've I've eaten Indian once, but like you know the the Creole Mauritian food I haven't tried. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really not that. In, I'm not bothered at all. Mm-mm. So what do you eat? I eat sis. I eat my rice. I eat my chicken. <laughs> I eat, like, oh, just because you mentioned like ordering out, so I was I was thinking oh, there was oh. something. So so on campus we have a nice cafeteria. Where they they try they are trying now. Before it was a lot worse, but now they are doing better. Mm. Yeah, Ibukun scared me. If I sister, I asked yeah. her about She was like, "My God, I don't eat. The food is so rubbish." And she's so honest and blunt. I was so like, I was just like, "Wow." So you mean I'm just going to starve in this? Place. But no, apparently they're doing a lot better because their food now is actually mm. edible. And yeah, you know, like, before they didn't have a cafeteria on campus, yeah, like it was yeah. like external people like mm-hmm. catering and bringing the food, so that affected the quality. So true, you came at a good time, apparently. Honestly, like I, I'm just so grateful <laughs> because like they're actually not bad at all, you know. So we have good sandwiches, nice salads, um, yeah. So it's good. French fries are always a hit. <laughs> Can't go wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's. Been, I mean, the transportation is still an issue because the bus system is is not as reliable. To be fair, I haven't given it much of a chance. Um, apparently, I'm always going there late. Um, but no, it's like I don't have a car here, so that's a bit of a struggle. I'm like currently hitching rides with people who live close to me, and that can be yeah. a bit inconvenient sometimes. And I, I, I generally don't like relying on people, so I think definitely getting a car is the next move as soon as I can comfortably afford to pay the monthly rental fee because I'm not buying one hell no but um any resistance to you moving to Mauritius oh yeah my parents did not want me to come they're like you know why would you want to you know, leave your family and go so far to the middle of the Indian Ocean, and mm. you know, and I was I was just about to get promoted at work to senior associate. Ooh, so they were like, wow. "Why don't you just stay and get promoted?" And you know, and honestly, you know, when you just like, I didn't even see myself as a senior in that place. It's just like, am I just going to continue suffering more, doing more work? And I just didn't, I just didn't feel like comfortable in what I was doing. I've never really felt comfortable in that field, not in consulting, but like in financial and accounting. I was like, even though that's what I studied, but like, I never really felt at ease or like I was doing what I was meant to do. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. I just felt like it was going to be more suffering and pain. <laughs> I'm, I sound so dramatic, sorry guys, it's really not that deep, but yeah. Um, no, that's... Yeah. Uh-huh. I just didn't see myself it's actually deep. Yeah. So, I had to peace out, you know. Pass out so how did you win them over? Like, increase. Oh, I, I still haven't won them over. It's still, a, it's still a, an awkward conversation. But you know, my, my parents are like, you know, they are respectful of the fact that, you know, I'm an adult and I can do... 
I know they make my own decisions. It's just that for mm. them, they would never have done it, and they don't understand why yeah. I did it. Um, mm. Yeah, so they'll 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 keep wanting me to come back at some point, and maybe I will, but just not now. I mean, I definitely will, mm. but just not now. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Thank you for the updates, Amaya. For the in-depth. Anytime. Thanks for the questions. <laughs> I definitely would not have shared otherwise. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeka, oh, moving to hey. you, babe. Oh, my God. Babes, 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 babes. Ife seems so ready. Like, she has all the questions. Like I'm, I I'm know. Confident. Like, we are all in the hot seat. You <laughs> are. You, we <laughs> all are. So, how has the process of, like, writing been? Like, are you... Tell us more about that that scenario. Um, getting selected, your lab getting selected to write. Um, it sounds like you're the principal writer of the chapters. Um, so for one, I am a first author. The second, I'm a second author. Um, okay. All right. All right. Flex, flex, flex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really not that serious. Um, but it is. It actually is. Um, so, okay. Let me kind of even back up for this. So, I mean, to graduate with, at least in my program, right? To graduate with, you know, your PhD, you know, you have to have written, you know, certain articles, mostly, mm-hmm. I guess, first author, you know, articles at least. Um, and so book chapters are kind of different in the way that like, it's not you actually going through like the whole course of your research. So like, say what I've been working on since my first year, it's more like, hey, and this was a methods chapter. So it's like, hey, your lab is known for, you know, this particular topic. So what are some techniques that you guys use on the daily that people um, could benefit from? And then um, how, like, what are the little, you know, tips and tricks that you guys use in your lab, you know, if somebody else were to like read a paper and see a technique, um, what are some of the things that you guys do on the side that you don't have enough space or room for in a regular um, article type thing. Um, So that process was interesting one because I started writing late which is not my fault um like you know you're just doing so many things and sometimes you just forget that like you have a deadline and so the the moment that you realize like wait this deadline is nigh um and then you have all these pressures from you know the editor you have pressures from you know your pi and it's just like oh this has to get done and then you're writing and then it's like wait um (laughs) there's a lot of stuff I need to write. Like I have so much that I need to say. So in the thing, they were like, okay, a regular chapter is anywhere from 15 to 20 pages, but like, you know, don't feel limited or anything. By the time we were done, it was like page 33. And I'm like, um, I'm just trying to help someone out. So yeah. Um, but no, it was, it was a very, um, interesting process. Um, writing that book chapter I have a few like first author papers going out soon all right um, but hey. mm, y'all listen let me just tell you that if you why you can definitely relate to just the struggles of like <laughs> waiting for that one figure to be completed like you have like say 10 figures already done but you're waiting for this one experiment to work and it worked on Monday but Tuesday to Friday it's like I ain't finna mess with you so deal with it and just trying to like you know work on that one figure but um 
yeah, that that's kind of how that has been. But it was good. It was a good experience. Um, hopefully, mm. I can get all my three out and graduate in twenty twenty. Y'all are invited. Come Woo-hoo! on, come on. <laughs> we'll have a whole NYC Dr. section. Yeka. Dr. Yeka. Oh, put some goodness. respect. Listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can I just call my name anyhow? Anyway. <laughs> Man. So, um, your travels to Nigeria, how was being back? Because you, I feel like you go home like every year, Abby. Mm, don't be deceived. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, prior prior to when I went home, the last time I went back was like 2015. Okay. So it had been three years, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. How was being back home? How was, you know, seeing Nigeria? Any major changes from the last time we were home to, to hmm. this time? What uh, yeah. what experiences stood out while you were home this time around? Oh my god! Like this trip was crazy. I think because um, I was doing so much, and so it felt like I was just living my best life. Um, things that I think had changed. So my parents live in Lagos, well, and our village because my dad is you know an Igbo man, but whatever. Um, but so yeah, my family lives in Lagos, and um. It ju- I think every time I go back, I just have this deeper understanding of how messed up Lagos is. And I just don't understand why tons and tons of people want to live in Lagos or live in Lagos and act like Lagos is Nigeria. When like they could probably move to somewhere else and, you know, have a good standard of life. Like, not there won't be any omoniles. Like, they're just little things, like stories I- I'll hear and I'm just like... There are no systems in place in this state. And I just, I don't understand. I don't understand why there are trailers. Well, in the country. (laughs) I'm just thinking about Lagos in particular because that's where I was. But um, why are there trailers on this bridge? Like, why there's, like, what is going on? And then hearing people be like, ah, it has been like that Mm -hmm. all. And it's just like, (laughs) this makes no sense. So I think every time I go back, I just, it just hits me all the time that it's like, the systems are just, non-existent and i don't know how people are able to live and thrive in these in these situations and some people do um but the average person isn't um something that stood out to me um ooh, is uber okay so i did a lot of ubering when i was in lagos um and it's not the fact that like uber is a nigeria or anything but the fact that like the way that Uber drivers interact with me. So I'm generally a very talkative person, you know, like I'll talk to anybody, it doesn't matter. Um, and so I'll get into the Uber and this is, this is a very typical thing to happen is they'll be like, you must not be from here. And I'm like, ah. I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, you were standing outside waiting. And <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, like you see your Uber coming and you go outside. He's like, ah, madam, hmm. Don't see us so and they'll just be inside. What come in, what come in, what come in. You'll just be waiting for them, waiting for them. I'm just like, okay. So that was very funny that almost all my Uber drivers were like, you must not be from here. Only people <laughs> who are from over there will be standing outside and waiting for you. So that was funny. Um, let's see. I ate a lot in Lagos, yo. Like, I'm surprised I didn't gain weight. Like, I actually lost weight when I was in Lagos, but I ate a lot. Like, it man Lagos was Lagos was a blast but then again don't be deceived like 
visiting Lagos is obviously different from living in Lagos. Yes, so, so I, was... I was about to say that. <laughs> I was living a highlight reel for like two and a half weeks, um, <laughs> but it was it was it was definitely a blast. Dope, dope, dope. If they were the adults, the adultest of us, the adultest of us all. Uh huh. Car. New apartments. Flexing over the flexing over the East Coast and Midwest. All right, all right. So tell us about like I don't know how how does it feel to be taking on more adult responsibilities because like it's a big deal for us, especially we that like didn't grow up you, you know in america a lot of people like once you turn 16 you get a car or whatever mm-hmm. like yeah. we didn't have any of that so like this is a big <laughs> marker of adulthood the fact that you're taking on these you know these this this new responsibility of car ownership and just like the symbolism how does it feel how has it felt well it's felt very surreal and I'll contextualize the purchase by saying I didn't drive in Nigeria. Mm. I like, you know, I didn't have a car. You know, I didn't know how to drive, so I didn't even have a car. And I've been in the States like almost it'll be nine years in January. And um for like all of those nine years I've lived in in places where having a car would have made my life so much easier. Um, and so having bought this car like last August, I was, it's just been very surreal. And I think it's only last August or this August. I mean, by last August, I mean August that just passed. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can like, as like last, you know, last year August. Uh, like last year. No. Um, yeah. So having bought this car in August, I'm like I'm still getting used to the idea. I think now I've begun to be more comfortable with the label of owning a car. But when I first got it, it felt like an out-of-body experience because... You know, I'd been moving and navigating these streets in in the these United States of America like, <laughs> without a car for so long. So it's it was it felt like it was happening to somebody else. Aww. Yeah, but it's only like very because I mean I think today makes it maybe a month, maybe three weeks, something like that. So it's it's still pretty new. Um, but yeah, it's taking me a while to adjust to the freedom that comes with having a car. Mm. And and that's so important though, like the freedom because we we I guess when you're in it, it's just the way of life and you just like yeah. are like I guess I have to beg somebody for a ride. I guess I have to, you know, you don't mm-hmm. really understand how freeing it is to be able to like decide, oh, I want to like go to Kutu Wenji and like you can do whatever the fuck you want without mm-hmm. begging somebody for a ride and yeah yeah exactly and like my brother has had a car for a couple years and last year he had an accident so he was without a car for um a couple weeks I think and <laughs> it was just very amusing to hear him talk about the struggle of like <laughs> 
<laughs> catch a train to catch a bus. So that was like, you know, that, you know, that, you know, when things happen in that order, it's like you're used to having a car and then you don't have it. And then you're like, yeah. And he was sharing his struggle with me. I was like, fam, that's my life. Like, mm-hmm, all planning, day. <laughs> plan, planning your activities around the bus schedules. Like, you're going to Target to get something. And literally, you have to be like, wait, when is the next bus coming? Because when you're ready to leave, you want to, you know, catch the whatever. Um, the soonest bus but now that i have a car i'm like wait i don't have to look at the bus schedule like like i literally just hop in my car and i go but you know with that comes with like oh knowing how the car works like okay i have to go find a mechanic okay i have to do this i have to do that different sets of worries yeah so with the freedom definitely comes responsibility but you know i'm just taking it one step at a time because i cannot what i cannot come on come on (laughs) i actually have a question how how are you feeling about knowing that winter is coming up how are you feeling about winter driving Nay, I haven't really thought about it so like i said i'm just taking it one step at a time but one of i mean one of my co-workers i mean people do it so i I figure like you know when it comes like you know I'll, de- I'll deal with it when i get there mm-hmm. but i know that when i was in the process of buying this car a friend went with me and he was saying like you know we're gonna need you're gonna need to get the shovel you're gonna need to do- get this and you're gonna need to get that for winter mm-hmm. so um yeah so i feel like when those things i'm gonna take you a step at a time because with all the 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 list of to-do items, you know, was just a lot. I'm like, I can't come and start thinking about winter, yeah, you know. Yeah. As the time gets nearer, I'm sure in the stores, they'll start putting out the shovel. They'll start <laughs> putting out the scraper. So when that time comes, I'll just gather the things I need. But, um, yeah. But, yeah, I think my mindset usually is, like, when I get to that bridge, I'll cross, cross it. it. And, yeah. Job. If anyone, well, there's something that happened over the summer that you di- did not share quite oh, yet. I'm, wait- I'm waiting for you to let me know mm. what that is. Because if anyone, of our experiences. If anyone is a filmmaker officially. Oh, yes! Mm. If you, how oh, dare you? She <laughs> wrote. <laughs> she wrote, wow. shot, and directed a short. If it were, hey, if I do Renee in the making. Hey! We claim it, we claim it, we claim it. Oh, yeah, I completely forgot because that happened like at the beginning of May. Well, I filmed it at the beginning of May, but it was, um, man, guys, it's not, it's not beans. Um, <laughs> it was just a process of, you know, because I wrote it and I'd had the idea for a while, but it took me like, oh, couple of months to actually write the script mm-hmm. and then ask people to help me with the project and then find people that were willing to act and then rent the equipment to film it and so it was just like all these bits and pieces that go into filmmaking that you know when you go to f- I mean I mean I guess if you know about filmmaking you'll be thinking about those things but a lot of times you just enjoy something and don't think about like, wow, it took them a year to film this, like, or it took them two years to get the screenplay. Like, it's just so much happens behind the scenes. But all that to say, I filmed it in, yeah, I helped, I, I was going to say I helped. I wrote, <laughs> filmed, and directed it. Wow. Um, and then edited it over the summer and finally released it um, last month. 
But yeah, that was that was yeah, that was a big thing. I forgot about that. That was a huge thing. Yeah. I'm so proud yeah. of you. Like you know me yeah. being so because like it's, again, is this is your first time doing this, so you essentially had to learn and I'm sure the learning curve was hella steep. Like you have yeah. to like you know, walk us through it. You had to like learn how to like block shots and like plan shots. You had to learn yeah. like how to pace a story. You you know, like tell tell us, babes. Yeah, that's I mean, yourself it, up. It, it, <laughs> it helps. It helps that like you know, I wasn't trying to. I knew this was my first project, so I wasn't trying to do like an hour, an hour and a half, like film, feature film. So I obviously I knew I wanted it to be small. It was a small idea. I wanted it to be pretty contained, so I could manage it and not be overwhelmed. Even though there were a lot of times when I was overwhelmed, but it helped that I have a background in photography. So I already have experience visual, visualizing things. So the learning curve really was, I mean, honestly, it was mostly confidence. Like mm. that's, I mean, that's the biggest thing, like overcoming self-doubt. Um, and then learning that, oh, there's, before you even write the script, there's a process, there's a step where you have to write a treatment for the idea, for the concept. So essentially fleshing it out and like, figuring out what the weak spots are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then, ah, man, I just, I spoke with a lot of people. I shadowed, I shadowed someone a number of times. Actually, over the summer, I helped out in a music video. Ooh. Hey. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I think doing those things definitely allowed me to give myself permission to do it as well. Mm-hmm. So, I, I honestly, I don't, I will never underestimate the power of talking to other people, even mm-hmm. though sometimes it feels like you're procrastinating and just delaying the process. But honestly, it gives you time and yeah, to build your confidence and to see that other people are doing it. And it's okay. If it's not perfect. It's okay. If you don't, if you fuck up as long as you do it. And then from there, that's how you can only improve. It's like, if you do something, By then doing. you can learn. And so it was, yeah, but I had, I read a lot of articles. I watched videos. And if you were talking about blocking, like just reading articles, but then also, they, ah, man, guys, there's nothing like learning on the spots because mm. literally you're watching and you're like, oh yeah, it makes sense that I have to put tape and be like, stand here. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't move. This is, <laughs> and then you just, ah, guys, it was so much fun. And like the whole part, I think it took like, six ish hours no four hours i think because we had the time constraints but filmed in somebody's house so that was even the process of finding a location and um people who were willing um renting a camera that i i had somebody had recommended to me and just the whole time we were i was filming like i just felt so there was nowhere else i wanted to be like, that was just, i was just like there <laughs> so if anyone what's the what's the progression of this because the the what was the motivation rather for shooting this tell us for the idea or doing for the for the just... for for the idea and also for like actually going through with shooting it because like i'm guessing you want so i'm guessing you don't want this is not going to be your last film i'm hoping i want to see more of more wow, by like actually coming through with the question. <laughs> I I want to see a more of by uh, you know by Ifeanyi Productions or or whatever oh, year. Yeah, just stay <laughs> stay ready and you don't have to get ready. So. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> um, I 
yeah. Ooh, okay. So motivation. I'm applying to film school. So that was a big. Hey. Like, <laughs> I was just like, you just got to do it, sis. Like you just have to. Like. <laughs> so that was yeah. So I'm going to submit it as part of my application. Um, I'm also going to film something next month, and um, yeah, it's just a way. It's the motivation is multifaceted it's like one i want to get experience okay the other thing is i really wanted to know if the desire was just theoretical Mm. that was another big thing Mm. it's like okay i know i need this for film school but i also in doing it that's the only way i'll you know be able to really know and like like i said before like i was doing it i wasn't even checking my phone i wasn't even bothered by anything i was just like there in the zone um I was just really in the zone. But also for me, I'm just like, I'm such a Capricorn. I'm like a planner. I'm an earth sign. Like I have everything written down. I've like thought of everything, but obviously things will come up, mm-hmm. but it just helps for me that I just knowing those things. Um, and so, yeah. So doing it to make sure that like, it wasn't just in my head. Like this is actually something I have, you know, hands-on experience and like i want to do it but also wanting it to be part of my application Mm. um to film school yeah thank you for sharing babes yeah Ah, thanks for thanks for all the great questions (laughs) now you have to be on the hot spot (laughs) i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready Um, so you said over the summer, like you went to Kigali and what were you there for? And, um, yeah, that's the only question I have. Cool. (laughs) So, uh, part of my role, I'll just take a a few steps back. I, my, I think I shared that I work, you know, I moved to Nigeria, I work in Nigeria now and Mm -hmm. I work for a healthcare, uh, technology company. And part of my role, my official title is partnerships and growth, but it's essentially like everything honestly because we're a small company and there's so many things to be done and not a lot of us doing them so part of the things i do is finding ways to get money into the company finding ways to raise the profile of the company um so that we can raise money stuff like that so Mm One of the things is um, applying for grants and applications, uh, sorry, grants and accelerator programs and competitions. And one of the things I applied for was the Africa Innovation Summit, Mm -hmm. which happened in Kigali, which we were accepted into. So we were chosen as one of Africa's top 50 innovations, which was nice. Mm -hmm. And because my boss was already on a different, like on another work trip, I was able to go represent the country. Sorry, not the country. Duh. The company. <laughs> I mean, we're going to get there. Oh, ooh. Soon come, soon many, come. Many, 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 man. Yeah, so um, I was able to go represent the company. And it was it was a very good outing because it, it helped me solidify that I can, you know, represent the company and I can hold my own. Because there was an interview, like a, there was an interview with CNBC. So I spoke about the company's achievements and why we exist and stuff like that and i think i think it was a good interview if i do say so myself Mm. um i got to speak to people about the company and like answer questions and essentially be the face of the company during that period and i was on panels actually so i did not know that i was going to be on panels until i got to kigali so i was on yeah I was on a panel about African cities and the needs of African cities and, you know, what are the priorities. So I was on a panel with somebody from um, 
washed as water, sanitation, and hell. I can't remember. I'm sorry, my brain is like tired. No, you're good. But like, I, I was, essentially, I was on a panel with people talking about like how to improve African cities. What are the priorities? How do we prioritize the needs? Um, stuff mm. like that. And I was also on a larger panel. So the the first panel was on a small stage. Then I was on a larger panel on the main stage, talking about how what entrepreneurs need or what innovators need to thrive and and stuff which was a great experience because i had very little time to prep especially for that last panel so Mm. it was an exercise in on the fly thinking and synthesizing your thoughts on the fly and just you know and confidence public speaking because i was speaking in front of hundreds of people so that was a great experience um yeah what was the was that the question you asked um, I just I was just asking why you were there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but it sounds like work took you to Kigali and then work also. If yeah. I sorry, Onyeka, we're going to say something. Yeah, no, I had a question. Um, so when you were um applying for your job, did you know that there was going to be a lot of traveling involved? And with all the traveling that you're doing for work, do you ever find yourself feeling drained? Um, and how do you just balance like creating your like having a work life balance where it's like you're traveling all the time, but you also have time to just like distress and chill and continue Mm -hmm. to like build relationships yeah so when my role started so (laughs) how my role started i actually pitched my role to my boss so i was like wait you know um i can help you do this this is what this is my skill sets this is how i can you know improve the company or add to the company or whatever so i pitched my role i essentially created my role but the one of the things about that though is that because you're creating your own role it leaves room for a lot of different things to be added on mm-hmm. yeah so like in addition to like my official title is partnerships and growth but i do like communications I do like marketing. So I like write a lot of our content for marketing content. I do a lot of like strategic thinking in terms of um, writing about what we're doing next and stuff like that. So it's not just, yeah. So I would say, yes, create your own role, but (laughs) beware of the pitfalls in terms of Mm. it might end up encompassing more than you initially expected. Mm. Then in terms of traveling and work-life balance, honestly, I don't, I wouldn't say I have, good work-life balance I'm always working because there's Mm -hmm. always there's always something to do there's always like an application deadline coming there's always like you know content that needs to be pushed out there's always something that needs to be communicated yeah so I wouldn't I wouldn't say I have work-life balance at at this stage and I think you know there's there are phases in your life where that might be the case and it's just like work 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 and you know, trying to get shit done and move the needle. So, um, mm-hmm. this is the reality of life for some period of time. I can't believe we're almost we're approaching the like one hour mark. Wow, this has been a good combo. Um, one hour mark. Can we talk about you on TechCrunch, please, please, please? Come on, oh. can, we, can, we do that? can we? Shall we? Okay. So one of my one of my um, yeah, this trip that I'm on was primarily for a friend's wedding then we got accepted one of the things i applied for on behalf of the company was um TechCrunch disrupt to be at TechCrunch TechCrunch disrupt we were we applied for startup battlefield which is like a competition where you essentially like pitch your company and you know if you're lucky you win a hundred thousand dollars in equity free mm-hmm. money 
we didn't get to that stage. We didn't. We weren't se- selected for Startup Battlefield, but we were selected as a top pick, a TechCrunch top pick for the blockchain category because we have like a blockchain product. Anyway, so being selected for that, also again, my my boss was couldn't make it, so I I represented the company. So part of that was being interviewed by a TechCrunch journalist about what my company does and why our work is important and stuff so yeah there'll be a video about that floating in the interwebs at some point mm-hmm. in the next in the next future um in the near, <laughs> god my m- words are jumbling <laughs> in the near future <laughs> english is hard over. um so before we actually go we're all busy women and one of the things that has been on my mind is like productivity and and focus and stuff like that so i was wondering Ladies, do you have any tips on productivity? How to be your most productive self? How to... Yeah, tell me. Tell me. How do you guys stay productive? How do you stay motivated? How do you stay on target for your goals and 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 um, responsibilities? Mm. Huh. Well, for me, the number one thing is I need to have my phone away from me. Because... My phone is my number one distraction. And not necessarily like I'm on social media. I could be like, oh, I'm having a very serious conversation with a friend. But I actually need to do work. So sometimes Aww. it's just best to just put the phone away. So if anything pops up, I'll just be like, I'm not with my phone. Um, uh-huh. And that just helps me like get into whatever it is I need to do. And it also helps at the beginning of the day when I have um, a to-do list. Uh-huh. And... You know, I can always look back. So one thing that I really appreciate at work is every morning we have check-ins. So we just put in, you know, how we're feeling, what it is that we have to do today. So the priorities of the day and the things that we were able to accomplish the previous day. So we're able to hold each other accountable and then we see, okay, what we're all working on. So it's like each day you figure out, okay, did I accomplish everything that I wanted to do yesterday? And if not, why not? Like, Uh why wasn't I able to do this? And then... What is it that I absolutely have to get done today so that I know that, okay, my work today, at least I've done this. Um, mm-hmm. So it helps having that list of things to do and, you know, being able to check it up at the end of the day. Like, okay, I did this, I did that, and I'll feel more accountable. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think those are the first few things that popped into my head. Um, Yika, oh, I echo Amaya's sentiment. I think for me more recently, like writing down all the things that I need to get done. And even if I can't get all of those stuff done, I still know, okay, this is written down and that's something that I have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, I've one thing I've come to realize about myself is I can never be my most productive self if I'm spent. And so mm-hmm. the moment that I recognize that I'm spent, I just have to like shut off somehow. Like I, there's, there's nothing I can do after that point to be productive. So if it's like, okay, I'm just going to take a nap or I'm turning my phone off and putting on do not disturb and I'm not dealing with the world right now, or I'm not reading anymore because it's not going in to so just recognizing and being um, very aware of my body and when it's spent and knowing I cannot be productive if my body is in dire need of rest. So, yeah. Uh, quickly, I think it's an ongoing battle. Mm -hmm. I think it's something like day to day. You just have to take it as it is and figure out what that day is going to be for you. I mean, sometimes it's good to look at the week at a stretch or, you know, the Mm. next few weeks or whatever, but 
you know, I find that it's just like a day to day, I don't know, process. So for me, it's, it's hard, um, just because I work and I already have that frame. I mean, I guess I'll just back up and say I'm a person that likes structure. So mm-hmm. if I'm supposed to do something that doesn't have an inbuilt structure in it, I'm just floundering already. Mm. So I usually like to create structure for myself. Um, and one of those things is figuring out what the deadline is and working backwards from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a person that loves, I love the calendar. I love mm-hmm. scheduling things. I love planning it. I need to know what time I need to do this and when, where, how. Like, I just need the details figured out or else I'm checked out. Um, so for me, it's putting it into my calendar. Okay, this thing is due. I want the first draft by this date. So, for example, I'm working on this treatment for this next film. So I already have it in my calendar that, like, oh, by the 15th, you need to have it written already. So for me, I like having that, like, calendar reminder that, okay, you know, one month before, have you done it? Like, mm-hmm. two months before, have you done it? Like, oh, three weeks before. So it, it's one of those things that even though, like, because if I say write it today, depending on how the creative juices are flowing, mm-hmm. it just might not work out that way. Mm-hmm. So I think it's good for me to just have a reminder, like, okay, the deadlines are in closer, like giving myself like one month, two months reminder. Um, but also somebody shared with me, like using Pomodoro technique, which is something that I've done in the past that I want to reincorporate into my life is like this technique of working for 20 minute blocks and then giving yourself five minutes, mm-hmm. um, breaks but you can skip those breaks and you know work for longer chunks so Mm. you can you know you you work 20 minutes and then if you feel like oh you're in a groove you skip the five minute break and then you work for 40 minutes but then you have like a 10 minute break afterwards so it's an app um that people can use but i think for me i just like creating um a timeline for myself um, and sometimes I've, I've, in the past, like to do lists have been good, but because there's no date and time on that to do list, you know, it tends to just <laughs> be shifty. Mm, mm. <laughs> so when I put it into my calendar, it's like, okay, no, this is the day that I'm actually doing this thing on my to do list. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I've also been okay with like, you know, yeah, I'm supposed to write this treatment, but if it doesn't happen today, fine. Tomorrow's another day, as long as I'm keeping in mind that, like, this is the deadline I've set for myself before the official deadline, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, speaking of Pomodoro technique, this is if I, uh, this segues into my own thoughts of how I've been, how I've, how I've been thinking about productivity recently. So, and it also segues into our reading, watching, listening <laughs> segment. Amazing. Um, so, <laughs> I'm currently reading this book called Deep Work by Cal Newport. Mm, yes. Mm, and it becomes highly recommended. I've had it. Yeah, I know, by all the, the business. Yeah. No, sorry. Can I just slide shade for a minute? Uh-huh. Tangent? I know what you're thinking about. I feel like I know what you're thinking I feel like there's this genre of people who read, but they don't like reading fiction. So it's like that book is like, the yeah. book. I feel like people who don't read the fiction love to recommend. Readers, like, it's like about. that, but also you know that like rich dad, poor dad. That, that mm. book, oh like, please! I feel like that different. Like, no, no, no. But I feel like this is now the new like rich dad, I don't poor know, dad. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> not that it's, the content is the same, but like I the don't hype. Think, yeah, the hype is yeah somewhere. the hype. But also like recently, sorry guys, this is tangent. But I was reading a book like while waiting for the bus, and this like cute looking guy walks past me, and he's like, "Oh, what are you reading?" And so I tell him, and he's like, "Oh, what is this fiction?" And I was like, "Yeah." He was like, "Oh, what's the uh, moral of the story? Oh like, what's it?" Child. <laughs> and it just reminded me like people who t- like don't read fiction like they're typically reading because they want the like the getaway they mm-hmm. want to know the lesson mm-hmm. like what's the next step mm-hmm. and i'm like oh that's so adorable but anyways <laughs> tell us if it tells about deep work because i've heard about it <laughs> uh, so carl newport is like a productivity you know master in terms of mm. um he's been thinking about the fact that now we're in the knowledge economy meaning that not a lot of us are employed in the like physical skills you know whatever now we we, Mm. our brains are the things that that we're employed for so creating knowledge Mm. moving something forward in terms of knowledge whatever whatever and he 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 talks about how right now we're so distracted our attention is so Mm. fragmented that we don't have enough time to dedicate to actually like thinking deeply about problems so he uses examples of like how um um you know inventors or like great minds of the past had to seclude themselves uh, or dedicate chunks of their time to working deeply and how now working deeply is a is not a skill a lot of people have and by working Mm -hmm. deeply he means like you know focusing on a task focusing on a problem for an extended period of time for like Mm -hmm. one to three hours and I found that, I found that that's true because like in the modern office culture now, there's so many like emails, phone calls, you know, so much like busy work without like mm-hmm. actual deep work. Yeah. 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 Without actual like tangible output. Like you will sit down mm-hmm. at work one day and you'll be like, okay, what have I done today? I'm just like answering fucking emails, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he talks about, you know, strategies for doing deep work. And the thing about deep work is that it's, it's a habit it's like a it's a muscle it's it will be uncomfortable for you to sit down in one place especially if you are not used to doing that it will be uncomfortable for you to sit down in one place and like say okay now i'm going to do this but the more you do it the more you'll be able to flex your muscle in doing it so essentially he the, the whole thesis of the book is that deep work is necessary for creating um lasting like tangible outcomes i don't know i i'm not i'm not conveying it as best as i could but um it's just an encouragement to like do deep work and seclude yourself and be like okay and and block out chunks of your time because otherwise you would just be distracted by shit so be like okay (laughs) from figure out the best hours of the day and block out like two hours and be like okay on, on you know this day or this time mm-hmm. or between this time yeah, and this, yeah. I'm going to focus on writing a strategy plan for our expansion to a new city. I'm going to focus yeah. on, you know, creating all the marketing content that we need for this month. Or do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. there's this um, lag, like if we move from task to task, um, there's this like whiplash of like you're in, you're in a new task, but there's still your brain is still thinking about the old yes. task. So before you then like fully transition to the new task, by the time you're like now settled and thinking about this new task, then if you move on to another new task, do you understand what I'm saying? Like it's just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're not really 
putting your all like your brain power your all of your brain power in that regard and he also talks about how like fulfillment doesn't come from like necessarily passion but it comes from doing so like the more you put into your work the better you are at your work the more you like your work do you understand what i'm saying that it's you know it's nice it's good if you have a passion it's good if you're like passionate like that's wonderful but not a lot of people have that luxury so how do you find fulfillment in a job that you're not initially passionate about do you understand what i'm saying um he has a different book I think maybe it's so good they can't ignore you. Ignore you, yeah. I haven't yeah. read that one yet, but I think that's the one where he talks about like um, how consistency trumps passion or something like that. Hmm. Well, that's a conversation for another. Day. <laughs> we'll unpack that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so that's what I'm reading. Um, <laughs> what I'm watching, I am watching Love Island. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know it's what a wow. Like the reason why I'm let me just say, let me shout out Bolu Babalola on Twitter, B Babs and her so and a commentary, her um pop culture commentary. So because of her and Oluwa Jack, I was like, let me check out this Love Island because I typically don't watch reality TV shows and it's not a snobby thing. I'm just like it's just too much. Like, why do I want to watch people live their lives? Or why do I want to watch like a scripted version of people living their lives? But it's yeah. so entertaining. Oh my goodness. It's very entertaining. And I and one one thing that I will talk about, um, I want to highlight is the fact that like they talk about sex on the show. It's essentially a dating show. So Love Island, they put a bunch of singles together. You're supposed to couple up, find the one, you know, become a couple, then at the end the couple that's the public votes for as the favorite they win fifty thousand hmm. pounds and um they can't like one person they win fifty thousand pounds one person like picks up a blank check one person or like one person so picks up an empty envelope one person picks up the envelope with the actual check then the person with the check has to decide whether they want to split it with their wow. other half or not anyway so one thing about the show is like sex happens on the show and they're so like healthy about it like maybe maybe even a little juvenile but like not juvenile in the sense of like slut shaming so there's like no slut shaming on the show um there was this girl that like had sex with with one person that she had only a, a physical connection with and like nobody like shamed her for it then she had sex with like somebody she really liked and like she talked about it with her girlfriends and like you know you understand so it was kind of like a healthy yeah that's one one thing that struck me but the thing about it is that i'm not watching it with the crowd so i'm watching mm-hmm. it after it's aired so i don't know if like the public was slut shaming the girl so i don't um, know about that but like on the show how it was handled and like you know edited it was like healthy like they called when when they say like do bits like when you like have when like first base second base whatever they call it the boys jokingly call it the do bits society and anyway it was funny I don't know if that was... Yeah, sorry. I'm not very... <laughs> I'm not very good at conveying this. But yeah, it was. it's, it's, it's an interesting show. Let's see. I can go next. Um, I started taking out my braids yesterday and I needed a show to watch. So I started watching um, Bloodlines Season 2. I had watched Season 1 like a long time ago when it first aired on Netflix... And I completely forgot about it. And I was like, wait, there's a season two and there's a season three. So I was like, okay, fine. I might as well just start and see how this goes. And it's pretty good. Um, a good continuation of the first season. It's one of um, those slow burn shows, Abby, because I tried yeah. to... 
yeah the episodes are like an hour long so you really need patience um and i also watched recently to all the boys i've loved before yes i joined that crew uh me too yes it was i actually really enjoyed i didn't see myself loving it the way that i actually do or did and it was Uh, it was just uh, it was a nice comfortable like cheesy watch yeah it was nice uh and it's funny yeah um so yeah i definitely understand the hype um and then i also watched sierra burgess is a loser which was like an obvious follow-up so yeah definitely dig in noah centennial or centennial whatever his name is he's quite he's Uh quite the um popping or trending Uh actor at the moment but yeah that's Uh that's me um yeka oh i am obviously reading science stuff um but as far as watching um i finished watching love is which is um this lovely 90s set um it's not i don't even it's romance but it's like reality of um mara brock akil and selima kill mara was the one who wrote girlfriends um but it's basically um is it based on their life yeah it is based on their life guys this show is amazing where's it on well it's on own so anyone who has cable would um yeah it's like love and basketball brown sugar like all Being of Mary Jane. with with the reality though of like the complications of life but recognizing it's their life and um mara being the girl who was very like aware of her sexuality and wasn't mm-hmm. ashamed to date five guys at the same time um just because she, that's what she wanted to do and it, it was the 90s and it was fine for her to do that um but falling in love with someone in the span of 24 hours and oh, deciding wow. to cut out cut out all the BS that comes with the chase and all that crazy stuff and starting a relationship after 24 hours. It's a pretty fantastic, fantastic show. I feel like I've watched every interview of theirs now, mm-hmm. um, but but it's amazing. So I definitely, definitely encourage anyone who... So is it a scripted show TV. based um, on their life? Or is it like a well, docu-series that reflects on their life? Like, it's more of a true series with a few um scripting but majority of Uh the show is like real life Uh yeah and so it's crazy because obviously they cast the show and you know having people actually play people who are alive but also directing the show it yeah it's okay so it's actors it's not themselves it's not like a documentary no 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 no, it's not them acting but they wrote and produced the show okay so it is scripted but it's like based on real life yes okay correct got it Um, what else? Oh, and Insecure, which that would be a conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah. Yep, 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 yep. All right. This, this is Ifeyua. I am current. I just started reading um, this novel, There, There, by Tommy, Tommy Orange, um, who's a Native American author. And so, so the story, the story like, like centers like the lives of Native people, people um, and those who've moved to the city. And I think it features multiple characters and they're all going to converge at some point. But I'm still in the early, you know, part of the book. Um, I am watching Queer Eye. <laughs> I had resisted it for a long time because it I was just like nervous around I I don't 
like consuming what seems to be like I don't know hype. I I it's yeah well hype, but also like what is I don't know how to phrase it. It's not that it's like performative gay. Um, like show, but it's just like this, like clinging to like, oh yeah, it's so clearly gay. We love gay people. We like want like to hear them <laughs> say all the things like and that? all the cliches and like. So I was like nervous about participating in that, but then I was doing my hair, and this is how all binges start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like yeah. for black girls, <laughs> it's like yeah, I was doing my hair. And I was like, oh, let me see what the hype is about. And guys, I've bought into the hype. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just good it's like there's some things that feel i mean yeah there's some critiques to be made of the show but i think in general it's a really good show these five gay guys who like have different backgrounds and um is quite diverse if you look deeply into each of their stories like they go into the lives of people who've been nominated by you know people in their lives um, and then they switch up their like life, like their home. There's one guy who does the design and like redecorates the house and redoes the house essentially. And another person takes care of the closet, like the wardrobe and style and fashion. And then another person does grooming and another person does, um, what is like culture? I mean, another person does food anyway. It's like essentially you start off with one guy who looks like a certain way, acts a certain way. And by the end of the episode, his like whole life has changed. <laughs> And just, like, looks completely different and attractive. And some episodes they've done... I don't... Have they done... They've only done one woman so far. Um, and it was, like, a black woman. Um, but, yeah, it's really good. And it's just, like, a lot of times on each episode, like, something genuine and sincere and sentimental comes through about each of them and their stories. And it just... It's just so... It's so beautiful. It's so... It's, yeah, it's just a lovely show. Um, that definitely has room for improvement, but so far I'm really enjoying it. So that's it for me. Dopeness. Mm-hmm. Thank you ladies for indulging me and talking about your summers and, mm-hmm. you know, talking in depth about your lives. And this was great. This was great. Um, yeah. Thank you listeners for listening and joining us and let us know what did you get up to over the summer? Any new jobs, new relationships? <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with travels <laughs> keep us you know tell us tell us um, we look forward to hearing from you and we will catch you in two weeks yeah. welcome back to a new season yeah. <laughs> <laughs>